0: A dozen miles outside Baltimore, the main road from New York, Route No. 1, is crossed by another important highway. It's a dangerous intersection, and there's talk of building an underpass for the East-West Road. To date, however, the plans exist only on paper. Dr. Eckersall was driving home from a country club dance late one Saturday night. He slowed up for the intersection, and was surprised to see a lovely young girl dressed in the sheerest of evening gowns, beckoning him for a lift. He jammed on his brakes and motioned for her to climb into the back seat of his roadster. All cluttered up with golf clubs and bags here up in front, he explained. But what on earth is a young lady like you doing out here all alone at this time of night? It's too long a story to tell you now, says the girl. Her voice is sweet and somewhat shrill, like the tinkling of sleigh bells. Please, please take me home. I'll explain everything there. The address is on North Charles Street. "'I do hope it's not too far out of your way.' "'The doctor grunted and set the car in motion. "'He drove rapidly to the address she had given him, "'and as he pulled up before the shuttered house, he said, "'Here we are.' "'Then he turned around. "'The back seat was empty. "'What the devil?' the doctor muttered to himself. "'The girl couldn't possibly have fallen out of the car, "'nor could she have simply have vanished. "'He rang insistently on the house bell, "'confused as he had never been before in his life.' At long last, the door opened. A gray-haired, very tired-looking man peered out at him. I can't tell you what an amazing thing has happened, began the doctor. A young girl gave me this address a while back. I drove her here and... Yes, yes, I know, said the man wearily. This has happened several other Saturday evenings in the past month. That young girl, sir, was my daughter. She was killed in an automobile accident at that intersection where you saw her. Almost two years ago. Welcome to An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim.
1: And I am Steve.
0: And that is our topic of discussion this evening. We are talking about...
1: Urban Legends.
0: Urban Legends. Um, yep. Welcome now, back to Spooky October.
1: I like Urban Legends a little bit more than the ghost story type stuff.
0: Whatever. It's Spooky October. So, of <laughs> course, I had to pick a spooky one.
1: Yeah. So.
0: But before we get too far into it, I do want to say uh, thank you to some of... We have some new international listeners in Spain, right? Spain. And Ireland.
1: And in Germany. And
0: in Germany. And Canada. Oh, and Canada. Uh, and also I want to say congratulations to TSP for their 150-mile ruck.
1: Yeah. Um, Hopefully we can get them on here. We can do a, uh, another special edition
0: about the rock. I, I know Greg is very tired. His legs are very sore. Yeah. So, we'll maybe we can talk about that. But uh so today we we're talking about urban legends. Uh some spooky, some not so spooky.
1: Some were true?
0: Some some mm. I don't know. I don't know. Some <laughs> might be I don't true, know some might not, not true. be true. Yeah, and so well. that's kind of the that's we'll we'll see.
1: Okay, so let me give you a definition of an urban legend. Okay, an urban legend, urban myth or urban tale or contemporary legend is a genre of uh, folklore comprising stories circulated as true, especially as having happened to a friend or family member, often with a horrifying or humorous elements. These legends can be entertainment, but often concern mysterious peril or or troubling events, such as disappearances and strange objects. They may also be moralistic, confirmation of prejudices, or ways to make sense of sociological...
0: Sociological?
1: societal.
0: societal
1: societal (laughs) there we go anxieties so basically
0: urban legends are uh, my cousin's friend's husband said whatever so the one that i started out the show with um is commonly known as the vanishing hitchhiker and we're going to talk about kind of common urban legends um, so some of them are ghost stories, some of them are just None of mine. Yeah, so some of them are ghost stories, some of them are just stories that like have been kind of passed down. Um, sort of passed down or like so and so like everybody knows somebody that has heard about this, but nobody can really tell you who the one that first heard about it was. Um, so like the van the one that I um told was called the is called the vanishing hitchhiker. Uh, and typically, there's, a, and I mean, the story is basically the same no matter what part of the country you're in. And I don't know about the legends that you picked out, but the ones that I have are pretty much North America.
1: Yeah, that's, I focused on North America.
0: Um, so it, actually, the Vanishing Hitchhiker story, there are versions of a similar story in Europe, like in Germany. Um, and it's actually a really old story. In Germany, there's one where a lady with a basket. Uh, gets into a cart with farmers and then disappears. Um, but they're a little bit different. So typically in the vanishing hitchhiker story, there is an, either an item left in the vehicle. So you pick, the guy picks up a hitchhiker, and it's almost always a male driver and a female hitchhiker. And he picks her up, and either she leaves something in the vehicle or... It's really cold. Like, in in our version, um, it specifically says that her dress was very sheer. So, she was probably cold. So, in some versions, like this one, he would have offered her his coat. Um, And then, later, he drives by the cemetery and sees his coat on a gravestone. Or... That she leaves some other form of information for him to find her later on, like to contact her later.
1: Unlike that female serial killer down in Florida,
0: Eileen Warnos, is that you are talking yeah. about?
1: Yeah, who was like picking up she guys? She was
0: absolutely real. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she. Yeah, she didn't borrow much of anything. I know there were like there, there, there were a
1: couple guys that were claiming, "Oh no, I I just picked her up because she was hitchhiking and needed yeah. a ride." Yeah,
0: no, these girls don't really exist. They're they're ghosts. Although. Um, there are a couple variations. Wait, what did you just say? I said they don't really exist. They're ghosts. Oh, oh. It's an urban legend. Oh, okay. Meaning that it's not rooted in truth.
1: Well, you know what I found. Probably. Okay, so a lot of the urban legends I've found, and I, a lot of these, I went to uh, Snopes. Actually, I didn't intend to go to Snopes, but when you research it, Snopes is the one that comes up, and so it Snopes? gives you a lot. Of, yeah. It, it gives you a lot of information, but there, there is the. Base urban legend. And then depending on where you are, there's different variations. Yes. So different parts of the country, different regions, different states. And different even time periods. And different time periods and like one of I'm gonna tell, like just even different counties will have a little variation on the same
0: story. I will say, so um you mentioned Snopes. Snopes is really, really good. Like if you want to find out the truth about current politics and stuff, Snopes maybe not such the like not the most unbiased. But if you want to get urban legends and, like, paranormal kind of stuff, Snopes is actually really good for giving you the breakdown of, like, what is the urban legend or where did it kind of originate or where is it thought to be originated. Better than Wikipedia, actually. Better than Google. um, Snopes actually is really good for that kind of thing, which I think is what Snopes kind of originated as anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's like OG Snopes. Um, So, The Vanishing Hitchhiker, a couple variations. Uh, in one variation, a living hitchhiker actually gets a ride from a ghost. So it's like uh, David Allen Coe did a song like that. Um, I don't know if he was the originator, but where Hank Williams Sr. gives him a ride. Yep. You know what I'm talking uh, about? I know that song. I don't know what the song is called, but um, and there's actually a song called Driving Mary Home. Uh, I believe it's a country song. I'm yep. not sure who, perf- who sings it, but um, it is basically this urban legend in a song. Um another variation that uh and this one uh, comes about in wartime. You see this one pop up in wars a lot. Um the hitchhiker is usually an old lady in this variation and she gives a warning of some future catastrophe or tragedy before she vanishes. This one was especially popular during World War II where uh basically like she, Like Mothman? Yeah, kind of. That's actually what I thought of when I was researching this. Um, so, and this one takes the form of, um, so the hitchhiker is picked up and she says something about being able to tell the future or something like that. And the, um, the guy will, the driver will say, oh yeah, what can you tell me about the, f- the future? Um, and she'll say something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, your wife is going to be pregnant in the next three months. Or no, 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 I'm getting that wrong. No, he asked when when the war is going to end. That's what it is. Um, when's the war going to end? And she'll say, Hitler will be dead before June. And he'll say, yeah, right, that's not going to well, happen. Well, depending on
1: what year well, she was right. Well, well. If it was
0: 1945. And he'll say no, that's never going to happen. And she'll say, it'll happen just as sure as the woman that you're driving in this car with is dead. And then she disappears and he finds out she's dead.
1: okay, now that's spooky.
0: So that's a variation. Um, Another variation from, specifically from Hawaii, and this is actually an old variation, um, the goddess Pele, who is kind of the, um, sort of the protector of the Hawaiian Islands, I think, uh, Pele is the hitchhiker, and she rewards kind travelers who pick her up on the side of the road. Um, and that actually is a very old; it goes way back. This whole story, if you really think about it, it actually goes back to ancient biblical times. Because in Europe, a lot of the versions are um, got like old school, like old old school Greek gods and goddesses or angel. Which, if you think about it, it actually is a pre-Christian story because in the Bible, it talks about Abraham. Do you remember this story where the angels came to visit Abraham, but they, like, looked like regular men? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and he entertained them and then later on found out that they were angels. So... um, it's, it's a very, very old story. The origins of it are pretty sketchy.
1: You know what that reminds me of, though?
0: What's that? Oh, Fifth Street. Yeah. Do you want to tell that story real quick? I think uh, we, have, we have time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead.
0: Oh, you want me to tell it?
1: Well, yeah. You Go ahead and tell it.
0: Okay. So there's a local brew pub. Shout out to Tanya and the crew at Fifth Street Brew Pub here in Dayton, Ohio, um, where we always like to go. And there was – so Steve and I and our cousin Greg – hey, Greg – we're out getting dinner one night, and we were walking into Fifth Street, and there was a young man on outside, and he asked if we had any money for something. To, did he ask for something to eat? Like if he had, no, he had asked, money for he money, he asked money if we had
1: any money because so that he was he hungry, could get something to eat. Yeah. yeah, and
0: so Steve was like, "Well, we don't carry cash normally, but uh, if, if if you want to come inside, we'll buy you. We'll buy a you a meal. Dinner. Like yep. it's fine." And the guy was very grateful. He was very kind. And I th- I don't remember what he said his name was, but it was some like weird name like Lucky. Like it was like a nickname. Yeah. So we we bought him dinner and we just got to talking and he had just gotten out of jail, prison. Prison. And the bus dropped him off. He needed to get um to a, a nearby Well, the
1: Greyhound bus stop is in a little town called Trotwood. Yeah. which is probably 7 to 10 miles from Downtown De- Dayton, proper, so he had to yeah. catch he had to catch another bus to, to get, get down to Dayton, downtown. Because there's no food at that time. A night in Trotwood,
0: right? He was trying to get back to his family in Columbus, which is about an hour drive. Yeah, um, and so he was trying to figure out how to get home. And we, I mean, we just, you know, we bought him a meal. We offered. And we to, talked. Yeah, we talked. We offered to drive him back to the Greyhound or to the. Uh, RTA station, the bus station. No, I
1: mean, it, that's a two-minute walk.
0: It was, It's not far. Yeah. But it wasn't super warm out that night, if I remember correctly. And we offered to drive him. And he said, no, no, it's all right. You guys have done enough. Thank you. Um, and we left not. He left, and we left maybe a minute or two after. Like, it was not very long.
1: Uh, it was like 30 seconds.
0: And he was gone. Just disappeared. We, yeah, I we mean, drove if he was- actively looking for him. He was gone. And, and
1: he, to know the area, there's no place he could have just disappeared to.
0: Yeah. he Yeah. And so it, we all kind of, all three of us had the same reaction. Greg was the one that vocalized it first. He said, you know, the Bible says sometimes you entertain angels without knowing it. And whether you are a biblical, spiritual person or not, there was no explanation for that one. That was definitely no. a weird, like... It, that guy it was. It was very unnerving. That guy
1: disappeared. Okay, so if you've been following these podcasts, you know I, when it comes to the, like the paranormal type stuff and and that type stuff, I'm not really so much on board with that. Kim is. I totally am. Yeah, but I'm not. But I'm sitting here telling you right now, this actually happened. Yeah, and, and I can't explain spooky. this one. Yeah. It was
0: it, it. You we all three of us both just had a real weird feeling afterwards. But okay, so back to the uh, vanishing hitchhiker story. So we kind of have our own vanishing hitchhiker story, a little bit, sort of. A little bit. Wasn't really a hitchhiker, but um, he was a bus rider. Yeah. So the origins of the story are, or at least that one version of the story, kind of are traced back to 1864. An author, Washington Irving, who wrote a story called "The Lady with the Velvet Collar." And that story goes that a Parisian student was walking past a guillotine during the French Revolution. He saw a beautiful woman dressed nicely, so like aristocracy, uh, in black with a ribbon around her neck. Um, She was weeping. And so he invited her to come stay with him. Um, And the next morning, he got up to go find more suitable lodging, and she was dead. And he called the police, um, and the cops came to his apartment and said, oh my gosh, how did she get here? And he said, "Who do you, you know this woman? Who is she? And they said, she was executed yesterday, and they untied the ribbon around her neck, and her head fell off. Um, So, uh. that's where it's kind of the more modern story came from, they think. In America, it seems to have sprung up and gotten popular sometime in the 30s, and the... It almost always takes place in an urban area, which kind of makes sense because if it was in a small town, I mean, you're going to know... Unless you're like a traveler passing through a small town, everybody knows everybody in a small town, so you're not going to pick up a weird hitchhiker.
1: Sometimes I think that would be okay, but sometimes I'm glad... I don't ever want to live in a big metropolis. No, I would not do well in a place like that, but I don't want to live... I, well, I could adapt very well to the small town and out in the country.
0: I don't know that I would like that either. Small towns I like a, a little, little bit of my privacy.
1: Yeah, small towns, and trust me, we are familiar with small towns. Everyone yeah. knows your business. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We live in a pretty mid-sized suburb. And it's almost too small sometimes. Like anytime we go to the grocery store, it seems like we run into somebody. That we,
1: we always don't. run into people. Yeah. Know. So
0: it's like right at pushing the limit of how small we're comfortable. Yeah. With. But
1: but that's okay. Yeah. Because not everyone knows what's yeah, going right. on. I mean, we can't even go out to the green, which is an open air mall. Every, anytime, we, anytime we go out, we run into people. I mean, but partly, it's big enough that no one knows.
0: Partially that's because we're famous podcasters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but partially that's just because it's just not that big of a place um but it and like you mentioned at the outset where urban legends are kind of morality tales a little bit uh, this obviously tells you you know it's maybe not such a great idea to pick up hitchhikers that that can be a dangerous a dangerous thing
1: well corvettes can i go ahead
0: um. Yeah, you know what, that segues very nicely into your first one, and yeah. then I've got another one after that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, you want to go talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. giving rides?
1: Well, this one isn't really about giving rides, but...
0: It is about a car.
1: Yeah, but uh, Corvettes. Oh, okay, that's your segue. So Corvettes have a lot of uh, history with urban legends. So my own personal one, and I, I, I tried to Google this, I tried to do it, and it wasn't out there, but it, it's kind of a variation. Actually, you know what? It's not. So I went to I went to college in a little little um, university called Moorhead State University in Eastern Kentucky. Where, We've where talked the,
0: about Moorhead before. Where,
1: where the mountains meet the bluegrass, and a lot of guys from Eastern Kentucky. And when we said that it's kind of regional and kind of localized, well, here's how this urban legend went. It, and it always happens in the county the next county over, never in your county. And you don't know. But what it is, the, the story goes that lovers were out making out in a car in, in a Corvette. It has to be a Corvette. And they died of carbon monoxide poisoning. So it's like in the fall. so like it's October, November, something like that. So they had the heater on because it was cold outside. Okay. Well, they died, but their bodies weren't found till like next spring or next summer.
0: Ew, gross. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's the point of the story. So now the car is fine. I guess it's just out of gas. But they've had these bodies in there that have been decaying all winter long. And so they can't get rid of the smell. So they have to sell the car for for very, very cheap. So it's, and I've heard this from three or, honestly, from three or four different guys from (laughs) three or four different counties. And the counties weren't connected. So it couldn't be the next county over
0: that's, you know what? Let me just interrupt one thing real quick. That's really interesting that you would say it like that because I've noticed that's a Kentucky thing. What's that? The counties. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, if it was here in Ohio or some other states, it would be, like, the next town over. But in Kentucky, it's the next county over. Yeah. And I would wager that's probably a Tennessee thing, too, or, like, a I'd... southerner kind of a thing. We'll
1: we'll ask... Uh, interesting. We We have some cousins in Tennessee. Yeah. We'll ask them. So... Now, there's another Corvette legend, or urban legend.
0: So wait, just nothing happens? Like, they just have to sell it super cheap because it stinks?
1: Yeah. Like, that's
0: the whole legend?
1: Yeah, but if you were to go try to find that car in the next county over, you're not going to find it.
0: Oh, okay. Now,
1: could that have really been traced back to maybe it actually happened one day, or one time? It's possible. It's possible, I don't know. But it's... The the urban legend has spread and that's mm. it. There are more urban legends about Moorhead, but we will not get into those. Yeah, he tried yet. to
0: pull those on me. No, I didn't. I,
1: you did. We yeah. didn't go to Moorhead together.
0: Yeah, no, when you took me back there to visit or whatever. I showed you. You showed me this brave. So paint. apparently <laughs> the urban
1: legend is still going on. So the urban legend of Moorhead is there are Satan worshippers in Moorhead. Now No, there's not. There's not. So
0: there's well, a bunch of rednecks that spray paint stuff on they, the walls. They go, out the and they, they
1: go out and they spray paint devil signs on rocks and trees. And then when they take girls up there, like on Friday night or Saturday night, they, you know, they tell them, you know, there's devil worshipers up Lame. here. And then I look right there. Lame.
0: Yeah. See, the problem is, is that we weren't dating that long, and so you didn't realize that I was the one that was like, oh, let's go find them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but that, I mean, I guess that's an urban legend too. That
0: is kind of an urban legend. Yeah,
1: that's an urban legend right there. Didn't intend to bring that one up. There you go. Okay, so another Corvette legend is the dead vet legend. So basically how this one go goes is the buyer reads an ad in the newspaper about a Corvette, a vintage Corvette that Ooh. is like a very special Corvette that's uh, on sale for like next to nothing. So the guy goes and buys the car, and he finds out that the seller's son was um, killed in Vietnam. And it's usually an old woman who doesn't know the value of the car. Mm. And so basically what happened is the, the, the son bought the car, and it was a very special, very unique Corvette, and bought, them, bought the car and then got drafted. So then he put it up on blocks. Fixed it up, you know, to be gone for the year that he was supposed to be gone to Vietnam and, right. and wrapped it and stuff like that. So and then after condition. he got to Vietnam, yeah, in mint condition. And that's always part of the story. It's in mint condition. Mm-hmm. And when, um, you know, he got to Vietnam, he was killed. And then the mother, like, gets tired of looking at the car and sells the car for, like, 50 bucks because she doesn't know what the value of the car is worth. Okay, urban legend, urban legend.
0: Yeah. Um, I wonder if that one changes.
1: Yes, it does. Like
0: with the, I mean, would you hear that now with?
1: Well, yeah. so the story that originated, they were able to trace that urban legend down to back to about 1963. Um, But it it goes on and on. Like there's variations of this. The dead cars, uh, the dead son's car is almost always a vintage Corvette. It's always been meticulously cared for and it's, like you said, it's in mint condition. Um, what, what are some other things of this? Uh, it started, though, before Vietnam. Yeah, it, it started well, well before Vietnam. And some of these stories, um, it, it was first reported like in, like in the 50s mm-hmm. that this had happened. And some people will tell the story to take out the dead hero part of it. So they'll say, you know, this happened before the Vietnam so like in 1958, 59, yeah. 1960. So it takes out the the dead soldier portion of that song. Isn't
0: there kind of a uh, you said song? There's a song about it.
1: Yep. A guy named um, uh, it, who was it?
0: Wasn't it like Montgomery Gentry or somebody no, did a song he, about he it? No, he
1: he may have done it. But there's a song called uh,
0: Private Malone or Right riding
1: like with Private Malone yeah. inspired this legend inspired riding with Private Malone.
0: And in the Private Malone song, isn't there a picture of the guy? Or in some version, there's something somewhere about, because I've heard this one.
1: Yeah, well, I the mother. I hadn't heard the other one, but there's like a picture of He goes in and the mother shows him the, the, the son. Or there's like. And the guy in rode the car. With him. car. Yeah. 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 I and, think that's with riding with Private Malone. Yeah. Yeah, so the guy picked up Private Malone. So
0: it's kind of a combination of the vanishing hitchhiker and the dead Corvette. It is. He picks up private it Malone is. so to like take you him know home. the guy bought
1: the guy buys yeah. the car, he picks up the hitchhiker, which is private Malone, and then he goes and then back he goes
0: and buys the car and then he yeah, 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 yeah.
1: that's how that song goes yeah. and the story
0: goes, okay, all right, um I have another just one more story, um sort of one more story. this one is a very recent urban legend about the black eyed children um and it is.
1: My eyes are blue.
0: My eyes are green. So, and when I have say, you heard
1: about the blue people of Kentucky?
0: I have. We heard about could the blue do blue an blue.
1: entire episode on that. That
0: is not an urban legend. That
1: is not urban legend. That is
0: actually scientifically explainable. Okay. Um. That's called cyanosis. We'll move on. <laughs> anyway, the black-eyed children is. Um, it's a relatively new, I mean, and when I say relatively new, I mean like within the last, uh, 20 years new. Um, so these children are between the ages of six and 16. They appear only at night to an adult, one adult, a single adult in a parking lot or at the adult's home. The kids are very pale and they come in groups of two or more. And they have jet black eyes. I mean, like not like somebody socked them in the eye, but like there's no color in their eyes. There's no white to their eyes. There's no pupil. There's no iris. There's just black.
1: We saw some of those prison shows where the guys were yes tattooing their eyes like, like red that. and blue. Yes, but yes. they
0: but they are children and they have very pale skin. They ask for the adult for a favor. And it might be a phone call. It might be a ride home. And when the adult locks eyes okay, with them, okay, so that's
1: dating this one, because now they would have a cell phone.
0: Not necessarily. I mean, if it's like a maybe their
1: batteries need charged.
0: Yeah, it could be. Um, when the adult l- like looks them in the eye, it well even just like when the adult first encounters them, the adult feels. Um, one person described it as a f- sickening fear in his soul. Like, it's a really terrified fear of these children. Um, And as soon as they look you in the eye, basically, like, they can kind of get inside your mind and they can understand, like, know what you're thinking. Thanks for that. And you, you, like, you can't look away. It's like they, once you have eye contact with them and you're looking in their black soulless eyes... Um, they they've got you.
1: Ooh, you know what that reminds me of? What? Jaws. A
0: when they bit. describe I can the, see v- that.
1: yeah, when they're describing Jaws and he's talking about that inky black. I can see that. Yeah.
0: So the this urban legend apparently Shark Eyes. originated in 1996. So this is pretty recent. And at first I was like, okay, when I heard about this, I, I heard about this a couple of years ago, and I thought, okay, that's kind of a cool story. But then I never, you never, it's hard to hear like, okay, so you see the kid and they ask you for something, and then what? Trick or treat. I mean, the, the, it's hard to find a story of like what happens. I did find one, because most of the time, the people that encounter these kids just, like, are so scared that they they run away or, like, they don't let them in. And there's all kinds of variations of this story. There's one of a Marine at Camp Lejeune that, like, a kid knocked on his door at the barracks, I guess, and he thought it was his roommate that forgot his key or whatever. And so he opened the door, and he, like, the kids were there. And what are kids going to be doing at a Marine barracks on Camp Lejeune? Like, it's weird. And so he got like felt this sickening fear and slammed the door in their faces and they just kept knocking. And eventually they, I guess they gave up and went away. Um, so I was like, this kind of seems like an anticlimactic legend that, okay. So you, they're just scary kids and then you run away from them. But I did find one version of the story. Um, and a lot of these sightings seem to happen. I'm waiting
1: on what's the point of this one.
0: A lot of these stories seem to happen in Vermont interestingly enough. And we were just in Vermont and we didn't see any of these kids. So, um,
1: we saw some goats.
0: We did see some goats and they were very cute. Uh, so, but the one version that I did find what happened in Vermont and in this version, it's really cold. Um, and the woman, there's a woman that owns a house and the black eyed kids come to her house and they knock on the door and it's like snowing and, so they're they're not dressed for the weather and she sees their tracks, like their footprints, but doesn't see any car tires. And so she's a little bit weirded out. And they say, Can we come in and call our, our parents? Um, you know, they give her whatever the excuse is. And she's terrified of them, but she for whatever reason agrees to let them in. And when they come in, like, the cats don't like them. Like, one cat hisses at them. The electricity starts flickering and doing weird things. And, like, the husband is weirded out by them. And they make a phone call. And they just sit there and just stare at her the whole time while they're in the house. And eventually, and all this weird stuff is going on while they're in the house. And her husband's nose starts bleeding real bad. And eventually, a car pulls up. And two men in black suits... Get out and they say, and I'm oh, black, yes. And they say, Our parents are here. Oh, I forgot about this too, part too. Is they say, Um, you have to let us in, that, like, you have to let us in, you have to say we can come in, which ties into vampirism because that is a le- that's the vampire legend. Vampires can't come into your house unless you invite them in. So, like, that I don't know if that's common knowledge or if that's just me because I know because I'm weird, but. Well,
1: it's also unconstitutional for them to uh, <laughs> to do a search, so it could be a government plot. It could be. Yeah. But They so have to they, have a warrant.
0: It's interesting that they or say... Or probable cause. It's interesting that these kids say, you have to say we can come in, because that leads to like maybe they're vampire kids. So eventually they're like, our parents will be here soon, and then two men show up in black suits, and the kids are like, our parents are here, and they leave with the men in the black suits in the car. And everything kind of goes back to normal, but within the, so, but then the woman starts getting chronic nosebleeds and still has them like for the rest of forever. And within a week after having let these kids in, her husband has a doctor's appointment and they find a malignant cancer throughout his body Hmm. and like he dies. So that is the only thing that I could find about these kids being like anything other than just creepy. But what I do have, interestingly, the guy who originally put out the story in 1996 happened to be a journalist. Go figure. His name was Brian Bethel and he was from Abilene, Texas. And this is what he had to say. He said that he stopped and he said that this actually happened to him. He stopped in a parking lot near a movie theater to write a check And he was so absorbed in that that he didn't notice two young boys approach his car. He didn't notice it until the older boy tapped on the driver's side window and Brian Bethel rolled down his window and immediately noted, this is where he came up with the soul racking fear, even though he couldn't understand why. The older boy said that he and his brother wanted to catch a movie but had forgotten their money at home and could Bethel just give them a ride back to their house. They assured him that it wouldn't take long. They were just two kids. They didn't have a gun. Remember, this is 1996. Bethel found the assurances unnerving and noted that the last showing of the film they wanted to see had already started and would nearly be over by the time he could drive them anywhere and get back. In his recount of the incident, he stated that when he broke eye contact with them, his fear became all-encompassing, but it wasn't until he broke eye contact that their eyes became completely blacked out.
1: Okay, this sounds more like a uh, Mile 13 story.
0: The older boy began to get frustrated when Bethel made excuses for not giving them a ride and said they couldn't get into the car unless Bethel said it was okay. So there again is the vampire part of the legend. After that, Bethel tore out of the parking lot, and to to this day, he still stands by his story. So, and there have been cases of, even back to like 1985, like once he came out with this, this was the first one back in 1996, and once he came out with this, people started coming out all over the place, even outside of America, and saying, we've seen these black-eyed kids, but who knows if they really did see the black-eyed kids, or... Okay, by my
1: definition, though, which isn't my definition, I cut and pasted that one, is that an urban legend, or is that a ghost story?
0: Maybe a little bit of both. Because these kids, I mean, if you got the men in black in there, that's kind of an urban legend, right?
1: No, and, that's a movie.
0: <laughs> and I mean, from a moralistic standpoint, I guess the moral is don't trust kids. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't let strange kids into your house.
1: Okay, now I'm going to go back to true the urban is, legends. I think
0: this is an urban legend. Ur-
1: urban legends that are true.
0: Oh, like, I mean, well, yeah, if you ask Brian what's-his-face, Brian like, Bethel, this is true.
1: Like, mine are fish stories. And what guy hasn't gone out and caught a fish oh and gosh. talked about his catfish?
0: Yours are a radioactive Do fish Do you know story. how
1: much, oh, they could be. I didn't even think of that. Because huge catfish have a lot of urban legends attached to them. So, the first time I heard an urban legend about a catfish is was, I was back in college at Morehead State University... Go Eagles. Go no, Moorhead. And this is the first time I heard this. I had a friend who was from Greenup, Kentucky. Now, Greenup, Kentucky is on the Ohio River, and right there at Greenup, there are locks in the Ohio River. And this guy, who will remain nameless, who had a friend who was on the volunteer fire department, he was a, a diver. And so when, when someone drowns upriver they always know to go to the locks because the body's going to wash up the locks. It can't go on down the river to Cincinnati or anything like right. that because it's going to get caught, get caught by the locks. Well, he had a friend.
0: This is how they all start, too.
1: He, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't them. Which,
0: actually, that's true. Like, that's kind of a, a thing. Like That's the, why it has to
1: be an urban legend.
0: Yeah, because they can actually trace the black-eyed kids back to this one guy. But Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Okay. So, anyway, he had a friend who was a diver to go down to the locks to try to recover this body. His friend went down in the river and immediately came back up and said, I will never go down in that river again. There are catfish down there that would swallow me whole. Now.
0: So this is a friend of a friend.
1: That is my friend.
0: Your friend's friend.
1: My friend's friend. Yeah. So So I didn't know who remained nameless.
0: But the friend of yours... Who repeated the story who we will just call a friend who we will just call Frank Frank um you trust him yeah like he's not the kind of guy that would just jokingly
1: no 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 he was he was telling this story as a true story now okay retrospect he was probably a friend of his friend told him that yeah so I mean but that's how the stories get perpetuated Unlike the story we told at the beginning at 5th Street, that didn't happen to that a friend of a friend. That actually us. happened yeah. to me and you and Greg. Okay. But now
0: you can tell it as a friend of a friend. No, <laughs> yeah.
1: now no, I the still... Listen-
0: t- no, the listeners can tell it as... Yeah, you can say I heard, have heard on this podcast that I heard- this guy named Steve
1: told yeah. that story. Yeah. Okay, so now there are a lot of stories that revolve around catfish, and they're all the same. Skin divers... Um, this one started about about 18, or about 1998. Skin divers, while cleaning out an intake to a power plant, had to be rescued from the murky depths by EMS crews. And they found, um, they found these guys floating unconscious. One was in a coma for several days. Whoa. They reported that the catfish was so large that the, uh, one of the divers was sucked into the giant bottom feeder's mouth. It was sucked into the catfish's hey. mouth only to be spat out.
0: What? Okay,
1: same story, but so instead of... So like
0: whale-sized of, catfish?
1: Think of Jonah.
0: I guess. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, what so, river is this? So instead of, it didn't say what mm-hmm. river, but instead of like looking for a body, they were cleaning. But the whole story is these huge catfish. Get okay. out of the water. Yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, it, it's there's a lake near where I live that was dammed up. Uh, the guy that went down to repair the dams Uh, you know, to check for uh, cracks in the dams. He went down there. He saw a catfish so big it could swallow a Volkswagen bug whole. He came up from the murky depths, and he never went down, and he was never a dam repairman again.
0: It's always the murky depths.
1: Yeah, and huge catfish. Oh, I got more catfish. It's never
0: like grouper or flounder. It's always
1: catfish. Sometimes it might be a pike. or No, it's not a perch. (laughs) Okay. And, okay, so various different... Parts of the country have different locations, but it's always
0: well, that's what I'm thinking. Like-
1: the mythical huge catfish or quarries in Georgia or lakes in Tennessee or Texas or in the Colorado River. I mean
0: Are catfish everywhere?
1: Pretty much, I guess. I okay, don't know. that's I never what really I was wondering. It, if
0: catfish are indigenous to a certain part of the country or are they everywhere?
1: Yeah, but these stories kind of seem to happen mostly through the southern, the midwestern in southwestern parts of the united states Hmm. and okay you ask about is it always a catfish no sometimes it it, it's been told as a carp or a pike Hmm. um but but the the story is i will never go back down there again and it's the the description of the catfish get bigger you know the size (laughs) of of a pickup truck big enough to swallow a man could have swallowed several men at once um Sometimes a catfish does more than just, like, look at the guy. Sometimes it chomps on the leg or something like that. Hmm. Um, I don't know.
0: I wonder so, you know, if there's... But, but, mm, yeah. you, know, you would it, think there would be medical records.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm always thinking, like, the fish that got away. I, mean, I mean, I've been fishing, and I have I have never exaggerated the size of the fish that got away.
0: Never. No,
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever caught one of these.
0: Of course not.
1: No, but it, you know, it's been seen by the friend of the friend. Yeah,
0: when you go noodling and you catch a catfish big enough to swallow a truck, let me know.
1: Yeah, well, I guess you wouldn't <laughs> be noodling anymore after that. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, it's gone down. First off, it was a Volkswagen bug. And then in the 60s, it grew up. The fish grew to the size of a Ford Falcon. In the 70s, these fish became the size of full-size Buicks. They've been described sometimes just a bit smaller than a Winnebago. So, I mean, are they fish stories?
0: It's a Prius. I know. I can
1: picture people who have been swimming, and they get down there. You know, if the water is murky, you're down on the bottom,
0: and you go face-to-face with the catfish. I'll say the same thing that you said to me last week. Have they been drinking?
1: (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But, Okay. Just how big is a catfish? Supposedly, the world record flathead catfish, which was caught in Kansas, was 123 pounds. Okay, so now think about it. If you're swimming around Ooh. down on the bottom of a lake, and it's murky, you know, you've, you've seen how yeah. lake water can kick up, and you come face to face with a catfish.
0: That's the size of a fifth grader.
1: 123 pounds. I didn't think of it that way. But still, not the our, size of a small Winnebago. No, our eldest
0: granddaughter a, is roughly, roughly that size. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's she's nowhere close to the size of a Winnebago.
1: Okay, so but people have been saying this for a long, long time. So I think maybe the origin of this story started off in Tennessee in 1914. Seems like this old guy had a. Um, he he claimed he had he caught a 500 pound catfish. Ooh. So what happened was he had a small toy wagon that looked like a uh, a logging wagon. So I guess he caught like it. The the story says that he had a, it was an 85 pound catfish, yeah. which is a good sized catfish. But he took this catfish and he laid it on the toy wagon, and then they they had a picture or like a cutout or something like that. And they put a cutout of a guy. Okay, so another thing. This is 1914, so we don't have... Yeah, yeah. Okay, grainy, a little bit like that. And they put a picture of a guy back there, and it looked like a 500-pound catfish.
0: Do you know what this reminds me of? Do you remember Hogzilla?
1: Years ago, there was
0: a guy that claimed to catch a huge hog, and they strung it up from a tree, and then they found out that was fake.
1: Well, this guy had... A friend of his family was a photographer. Mm -hmm. So they went, they took the picture, and the kid ratted him out. He goes... My daddy had a little wagon that looked like a log wagon. <laughs> Said Joe of Brelau, the kid did. Pits of Savannah, Tennessee. He put the fish, which weighed, I recall, about 85 pounds on it. Then my uncle Frank, who was good at photography, cut out a cardboard man that was being used in the clothing advertisement and stuck it on the wagon along with the fish. You narc he took the picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> never trust your kid. I really think that's the theme of this podcast is uh, this week's episode, l- the lesson from this week, don't trust children. <laughs> that's that's our that's the moral of this week's episode.
1: Yeah. Now there there's some other that we're not going to we're not going to have time to get into, but we've all heard about the alligators in the sewers yeah, like in New heard York. Really, yeah. Okay. So w- was this founded is there a little bit of truth in here? I mean, could it, be. it's people known that people
0: buy a baby alligator in Florida.
1: They, they mean, used to be able to do that. You could buy an alligator, yeah,
0: and then they flush like it. one of
1: the uh, at one of the fruit stands on the way up from Florida, and you really? take it and you, yeah, and then you like turn it loose.
0: Hmm. Now,
1: why I have doubts that these you know these things didn't grow up to be. Yeah. You know, you've heard the story that the guy was, the worker was down there, and he saw an alligator big enough to eat him whole, the size of a small Winnebago.
0: Except that alligators can't live in the cold.
1: Yeah, so... They, like,
0: hibernate or something. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. Uh, Shenanigans. Agreed. Didn't happen. I mean, were there alligators found in the sewers? Yeah. You know, just recently they found an alligator here this past summer. In, uh, yeah, in in one of the, yeah, in one of the ponds here in Dayton. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I forget how big it was, but they found an alligator in one of the ponds here hmm. in Dayton. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. The summer camp stalkers. That's kind of more up your line. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's more like horror movie kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, I mean, horror movies are urban legends.
0: Yeah, they can be. Yeah, they
1: can be, Yeah. The call is coming from inside the house.
0: Oh, yeah. That's another horror movie. I've seen that one. It's pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah. Do you want to tell them what that story is? Well, it's just The babysitter. The babysitter. It's in there. It's, on the,
0: it's uh, like.
1: Pre, the, this is a pre cell phone.
0: Well, yeah. And it's. If you've ever seen the movie Scream, like it's the beginning of the movie Scream where you get a scary phone call and they're like, I see you.
1: I see you. And I, I know where what the you're children doing, are.
0: I know what you, yeah. And then the babysitter like, like calls up, the 911 and then it or calls whatever again. yeah and they say it's coming from inside the house get out now yeah
1: yeah okay so that's the call from coming inside the house okay a couple years ago we should all remember this one the kidney heist
0: oh yeah where
1: the the guy was found in the bathtub i he went on a date found a pretty girl went up to the hotel room and next thing you know he wakes up in a tub of ice with a note and the phone within reach. And they have... They've taken his his kidney. They've taken his kidney to sell for human body parts.
0: I actually heard a very... (laughs) I'm ashamed to admit this, but I actually heard a variation of this story on a talk show not too long ago. I think this is
1: one of the moral ones.
0: Yeah, where like a woman... Don't
1: don't pick up hookers.
0: Well, well, no. She went to Mexico. She wanted to have plastic surgery and it was cheaper in Mexico. And so she went to Mexico for plastic surgery. Well, this is a true story. The one that I'm telling? Yeah. I don't... Okay, maybe. but she I, went, I saw the pictures. She went to Mexico to have plastic surgery, and instead of giving her plastic surgery, like they anesthetized her and then stole her kidney. Oh, no. You're this thinking w- of the cement butt implants, aren't you?
1: Yeah, this is the lady That's who just one. went down there to get... Work done, and they like just butchered her.
0: Yeah, no, there's a lot of don't don't go to Mexico to get plastic surgery. I've heard lots of that. Could be another subgenre as Mexican plastic surgery stories.
1: That could be urban legend because I be. don't know anyone who's personally gone to Mexico.
0: But I I know you can get for vanilla really cheap. Just a I little haven't. thing of
1: vanilla at the store costs like 19 bucks.
0: <sighs> I know people that have gone to Mexico, but just for vacation, not for plastic surgery. Yeah, um, there is another one, another. uh Fairly common urban legend, and I couldn't believe that you've never heard of this. It's the Crybaby Bridge legend.
1: I have never heard that one.
0: It is common in, it's actually common mostly in the Midwest. Um, Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, Oklahoma. They don't have bridges in California? Oklahoma, Maryland, South Carolina, and then kind of outliers of Texas and Utah. Uh, And basically the story is. Let me
1: interrupt. I wonder why that is. Why why they're like so regional. I don't. These big ones.
0: Well, we're kind of we are I we we kind of might touch on that here in just a second. Um but the story is and it's usually a covered bridge for whatever reason. Um the story is that either a woman was killed or like by uh, her jealous husband or whatever. Um, A woman was killed and dumped off a bridge or a woman had a baby and killed, like, as the result of an illicit love affair or just a a bad, rough baby that she couldn't handle its crying and she strangled it and threw it off the bridge.
1: The Jersey Devil.
0: Uh, Yeah. And you can hear, the story goes that you can hear the baby crying on the bridge if you, like, go to the bridge at night and you park in the middle of the bridge in the middle of the night and you... In one story, if you put powder or baby powder on the hood of your vehicle, then you'll see baby footprints in the baby powder. Um, So it's a very common story. But the interesting... Do you still
1: powder baby's butts? Or is that a thing that's gone now?
0: That's kind of a thing that's gone now.
1: What do you put on their butts? Diaper cream. Okay.
0: So the the whole idea of keeping a a baby powder on a baby's butt is to prevent diaper rash. I don't think people really do it. Now, let me be
1: clear about this. When the kids were young, I understood all that stuff. Now that Kim is watching kids, I usually don't get involved. Oh, yeah. No, Man, Steve's like, not diaper. The, yeah, yeah, he's I, not I, a diaper I, guy. Yeah, I only diaper the grandkids every now and then. And well, I don't not have to even anymore because now they're all
0: t- potty trained except yeah. for Jameson. Okay, anyway. Um, so But the interesting thing about the Crybaby Bridge is that it is kind of at the center of a debate about folklore versus fake lore and I'd never really heard the term fake lore before which I, and I love folklore like it's kind of a running joke though. Is that one, just
1: calling shenanigans?
0: Sort of. So I, lo- I love folklore so much so that I it is kind of a dream of mine to one day get a doctorate in folklore because I already have a master's in education so the next logical step and like the educational progression is the doctorate but I'm never going to do it because it's expensive and I'm lazy so um but the definition
1: but they don't have ap amp classes
0: <sighs> i finally got a halfway respectable grade on an amp test no. anyway um so the definition of folklore that we're going to be using and this is this kind of goes along with the question that you asked about about um like the regions of yeah. the different stories so folklore is an expressive body of culture Shared by a particular group of people. So usually a culture, a lot of the times, is regional. So you have, like, the Midwest culture. You have Southern culture. You have um, Western culture is its own thing. California has its own weird culture out there. Um, Big city culture, small town culture. Uh, Folklore can include oral traditions, so, like, oral storytelling and songs and so on and so forth. Material culture, so that's... Well, we already mentioned a couple songs based off... Right. Yep. Um, Material culture, which can be, uh, like, style of dress. Um, So people in the Midwest will probably dress different from people, like, in in the South. Like, usually you picture Northerners, for example, wearing blue jeans and um, plaid. Like, or at least that's what I picture. (laughs) And, like, lumberjacks. That's what I picture people from the North looking like. Whereas people from the South, I picture like very sort of um, antiquated, I guess, or like like antebellum South. Like, so are
1: we stereotyping?
0: Yeah, well, maybe a little bit, but that's the culture. Like that, that's part of the folklore and the culture. So that's part of what culture is: oral traditions, material culture, and customary lore. So the stories from Appalachia are going to be different than the stories from, say even the Rocky Mountains. So, um, and the stories from the uh, like just different areas of the country have different traditions. Fake lore. So, folklore is rich in tradition and and history and uh, fake lore is manufactured folklore. So, Ooh,
1: I'm going to talk about some of those in a second.
0: Yeah, so fake lore is 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 one of two things. Either it is Folklore that has been kind of updated for the modern times.
1: Oh, so it's no longer a uh, a Ford Falcon. It's now right. a Buick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or like it, he didn't die in Vietnam. He died in the current war or whatever. Like it's updated for the modern times or or whatever. So that's one version of fake lore. The other version of fake lore is it's manufactured folklore presented as if it were genuinely traditional. The key to fake lore is that it's misrepresented. Like, it is... In order for it to be fake lore, it has to be... Whoever is putting it out there has to say that this is folklore. Like, this is traditional. Some very well-known examples of fake lore that you probably didn't even realize were fake lore. Pico Spill. Do you know who he is? Mm Mm-hmm. Who who is Pico Spill? Because I never... I had heard of him, but I didn't really know who he He was. He was a
1: legendary cowboy.
0: Yes, but he was actually not invented until 1923.
1: I that I didn't know.
0: Because he's presented as a folk hero of the American West, but he was actually a creation by writer Ed, writer Edward S. O'Reilly in 1923. Paul Bunyan
1: We just saw his statue. We
0: did. And Paul in Bunyan Maine.
1: Now, okay.
0: Yeah, I, knew you, were like in I knew you
1: going to get Paul Bunyan is like Minnesota and Wisconsin. So why no, is there a statue actually, of Paul Bunyan in Portland, Maine.
0: I don't know about that. But actually, Paul Bunyan is, is so Pico's bill is manufactured folklore. Paul Bunyan is that second kind of fake lore where it's adapted and changed. Paul Bunyan was originally a folk hero from the Great Lakes. Yeah. Which I didn't know. I didn't know he well, was from the Great Lakes. But, John Henry. Oh, okay. Um, so he originally was from the Great Lakes, but...
1: He was a steel-driving man.
0: Later on, a guy by the name of James Stevens was an ad writer for the Red River Lumber Company, and he took Paul. He kind of took the like the oral tradition and the history of Paul Bunyan, and most of the legendary stories, like Babe the Blue Ox, wasn't that Paul Bunyan? Yeah, that was that was James uh, Stevens. Well, that's James how Stevens. the Grand
1: Canyon was dug.
0: That's James Stevens. He came up with
1: Paul, that. Paul Paul Bunyan was tired, and he drug his
0: axe. Yep, not true. Fake lore. No. Yes. James Stevens came up with that. He wrote most of the legendary tales of Paul Bunyan for the Red River Lumber Company. I remember as a
1: little boy, I remember reading the book about Paul Bunyan. That's Mm -hmm. how I knew that he did uh, dig the the Grand Canyon.
0: This was like in the 20s or 30s. James Stevens kind of co-opted Paul Bunyan and wrote most of the famous stories that we know about Paul Bunyan now. So Paul Bunyan is actually fake lore.
1: I know a lot of other stories about Babe the Blue Ox, but they are not appropriate.
0: Oh my goodness. Did the army teach them to you? No. (laughs) All right. So folklore versus fake lore. And it's it really it's kind of an interesting debate because is fake lore where's the line? Because fake lore could become folklore. You know what I mean? Like folklore, it has to start somewhere. Yeah. Right? So New traditions have to start somewhere.
1: But can we agree that the internet has made it both easier to spread and to debunk these urban legends? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's lots of of sites. Probably the most famous is Snopes. And we talked about Mm. Snopes at the beginning, which is very, very good for um, these type of things. Politically, some people claim that Snopes has a bias some people don't. It just depends on which side of the, uh, the, the political aisle you sit do on. Do you
0: know who, like, and again, this is, this is an educational part of the show, who runs Snopes? No. That's something that we might, before you check Snopes as like a verifiable thing, find, do some research on your own and figure out who runs Snopes. Um, educate yourself and yeah. see if there's any bias there.
1: Okay, so the United States Department of Energy, we're talking about the internet right here has now discontinued a service called hoax busters. Why would the Department of Energy was doing this? I don't know. Mm, but it
0: I don't with, know. It sounds suspicious, But it,
1: it, it dealt with computer-distributed hoaxes and legends, maybe because Department of Energy, you know, our, the power grid, and, oh, yeah, and nuclear has a lot of stuff going on. So maybe that's why they were interested in uh, that. But you know what? There's a new category of urban legends. So we've been talking about what we were saying, like folklore and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They're called internet urban legends.
0: And some of them are very uh dangerous. Yeah,
1: crime stories. And that's exactly what I found that crime stories are now making the rounds on the internet. And
0: there is um and uh, did you run across Slenderman in any of your research?
1: No, I didn't.
0: There is an urban legend called Slenderman and the store, I don't know a lot about Slenderman. You can Google it and find out all you'd ever want to know. But basically he is sort of a like a ghost demon kind of thing. And two girls were sent, I mean, young girls, they were like 11, 12 years old, were sent to prison um, because they murdered a classmate because they said Slenderman, which is an urban legend that was created on the internet, Slenderman told them to do it.
1: Well, crime stories are dangerous because they make claims to be news that are relevant to modern times, but they don't follow the patterns of typical urban legends. And people can blow things, you know, on the Internet, a lot of brave keyboard warriors on the Internet, blow things way out of proportion. Medical hoaxes Mm. can be very dangerous.
0: Don't trust. Go to your doctor. Yes. Don't trust WebMD.
1: I'm sorry. Don't trust the mommy blogs.
0: Absolutely, don't trust the mommy blogs. I am not sorry. Do not read mommy blogs.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: that is pure trash. Yeah.
1: If you want to protect your children, if you want to protect yourself, go to a doctor. Right. Do Talk not.
0: To your pediatrician.
1: Don't trust something you read on a blog Ugh. from someone who got their, their, their doctorate of medicine on the internet.
0: They don't know what they're
1: talking about. Dr. Google about. doesn't know what he's talking about. Go to a real doctor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, those Medical people huxes. are scary. Yeah. Social What's media. Anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Social media. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we may lose some listeners, but. I
0: don't care. If you're an anti-vaxxer, I don't want you to listen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Get your vaccinations.
0: Go get your vaccines.
1: Yeah. Chain mail letters.
0: Are those still around? I guess they are still around. Well, they kind of make their way. But they take on a different the, version they're, now. They're on the internet they're now. They're on Facebook. And if, if you love Jesus, is the newest one. Like, if you love Jesus, you'll share this. If you don't love Jesus, you'll keep scrolling. You've seen that one.
1: Yeah, I've seen that one. Let's see what. What are some of the other big ones? Um, uh, I, I know which of my friends will post this. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Folks,
1: don't fall for that stuff.
0: Nobody wants to see it. You don't want to see it.
1: Yeah. It just slows down my internet. It does. Don't do it. Don't fall for that stuff. It makes me annoyed. Yeah.
0: Makes me like you a little bit less every time.
1: Viruses.
0: Oh.
1: I mean, internet viruses.
0: They're very easily transmitted. Yeah, they are. Social media disease.
1: But people will also, they tell of non-existent threats to the computer. Okay, so have you ever turned on your computer and even on the Mac, sometimes I get this, your computer has been infected. Yeah. And click this site Never. to to download this latest
0: no, don't do it,
1: don't do it don't Just click off of it, do it. turn the laptop off. do something yeah, don't fall for it. It's a lie. yeah, okay, some other ones in marketing, in marketing, hidden meanings in logos.
0: We are, let's not get it too far into this because we, we, I mean, we can talk about it a little bit, but this is going to be a whole other show that we've got coming up for you probably next month on media literacy, which we've been talking about and which is a subject near and dear to my heart, but we can preview it right now.
1: I'm just talking about them as current internet all right, go. legends, okay, and that, that's all I was going to say about that. Okay. Okay. So. As we are winding down tonight on Urban Legends.
0: If you have any cool ones that you know of that we really need to hear about, if you've picked up a mysterious hitchhiker that turned out to vanish, or if you have any really cool stories that you just want to tell us.
1: Or if you have seen a catfish so big that it could swallow you whole.
0: Yeah, send us a uh, shout out at alosthour at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook or check us out on Instagram.
1: Yep. Email me if you want a sticker. And to our friends in Australia. Good day. Ireland. Hello. Germany.
0: Uh, Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
1: And where else? Spain. España. Muchas Spain. gracias,
0: amigos. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening. Please keep listening. Hey, yes, look. Thank you. We, we've had some people say, hey, what can we do to help your podcast? Really? Don't send any money. Don't don't send any checks. We're We're not doing this to make any money. No, we're not. This is purely for fun. But if you want to inflate our egos a little bit.
0: We always could use it. Leave. Write a review.
1: Write a review. Give us a five stars. But like a
0: good one. Don't write a negative review. If you want to
1: write a bad review, don't do it. it. Don't worry about it. Don't do it.
0: Um, Subscribe, for one thing, on whatever platform you're listening. Subscribe and tell your friends and get your friends to subscribe because the more listeners we have the more the bigger our audience gets obviously and the bigger our audience gets the more um that's just the way the metrics work on, I'm pretty all of competitive the and I'm super competitive
1: and like like we do this for fun but I do go through and I check the statistics of where you we spy are spy on you guys Yeah I mean totally we we can't see individually who's doing it but am yeah, where you are. But one of my favorite things to do is go to uh, Stitcher and see where we where we fall out on Stitcher in the list of rankings.
0: We actually have, um, it's only a United States map, but we actually have a United States map where we track our listeners and what state you're from.
1: Yeah. Well, no, that's how we know also from the world, too.
0: But, like, we, we have one that we're going to hang up in the studio that we can look oh, at. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, like. we're going to do that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, help us out. Spread our word. Tell your friends. Share it. Leave us a good review. Don't leave a bad review.
0: Don't. We'll track you down. We know where you are.
1: And so, from the beautiful studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio.
0: Thanks for spending an hour of your life with us.